We all have limiting beliefs. We all know what it's like to be anxious. We all have experienced failure. We all tell ourselves stories that are only figments of our own imagination, not actual truth. Where, when, and how, in all of those mental and emotional struggles, do we find the time to stand up, get off the cyclical rat wheel, get a little brave, and face our fears? Today's guest is an absolute rock star. She's a business babe with her own awesome clothing boutique, but even greater than that, she's a voice into our community, teaching us by action and through her words that we all can live fearlessly. After our conversation today, I feel empowered to go home, hug my hubby, kiss my babies, take some time out for myself, better my ministry, and go for a run. Yeah, I got all of that motivation in one hour from her, so I can't wait for you to listen. Whether in marriage, motherhood, girlfriends, business, or just being your own advocate for our relationship with ourselves. Tatiana speaks with wisdom and boldness in giving each of us the freedom to soar above what has previously taken us down. Learn to live fearlessly. We are all in pursuit of something more. Wherever, whatever, or whoever your more is, I want to help you get there wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. The Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment. I learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all. It's about the wholeness of our heart and the root of our joy. This isn't a fitness podcast. This isn't a quick fix health detox ploy. This isn't confusing religious banter. This is a whole body health checkup focusing on the heart. This is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shapers as we explore and share our messy comeback stories to wholeness. If you're one step away from achieving your idea of something more, tune in for practical, fun, and healthy ways to ignite yourself into even more. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast with me, Tamerlene Andress. There is no better time than now to get fit. We are here today with one of my longest standing friends, I would say. Yeah, kindergarten. Um, other than cousins, but that doesn't really count. Framily, this your family, which is so crazy. Thanks. Kindergarten, right? I know, yeah. I was thinking we about the same our relationship class. and how we were doing selfies and modeling long before there was ever a selfie stick with our wine Instagram. Yeah, yeah. I still have some of those too, actually. Oh, I do too. I, we I like should have, we're gonna, we might have to make them as a part of the promo for that this. It's so funny. It was so much fun though. We were like bottling, smelling roses. Uh-huh, and, in Red Wing Park. Yep. And yeah. our outfit and our hair. We were so trendy. We kind of like look like Spice Girls. <laughs> We said a lot of fun, so it's interesting to see, fast forward, what, 30, well, probably 20 years, yeah. where we're at now and how that has I played I was doing in. the math, it's like 28 years, because Rocky is yeah. the same, we have had the same length of friendship, and I was trying to figure that out. It's about 28 years. That is crazy. Yeah. A lot of people don't have friends that long. No. Especially super close friends yeah. that long. That's very so true. I think it says a lot about... Rare. There's a commitment to that, and I know even when I think about that, we don't commit to each other probably as much as we could and mm-hmm. should and would like to, Yeah. but we've kind of just ebbed and flowed through life so similarly, mm-hmm. and even in this last season of my life, like the changes that I've made, I kind of see 
you kind of doing the same thing and evolving into the woman that we've always wanted to be. But like, you know, the twenties, you're just kind of, yeah, it's a crapshoot, honestly. Yeah, it's like the type of friendship that just kind of like picks up where you left off. Yeah. Yeah. And I love But we're that. in the same chapters of life. So I feel like yes. it's really understood that, well, I'm busy and kids I keep get me busy it. and businesses. Yeah. Those yes. are the best kind of friends too, though, because yeah. they understand. They understand. Yeah. It's been really fun to watch, but also live it out with you. I was thinking this morning when I was getting ready about, I have lots of friends with kids, but I think Ruby was one of like the first where I like was at the hospital, got to hold yes. her. She was so sweet. And how old is she now? She's eight. Eight. That is mm-hmm. so crazy. Well, what's crazy about it is, okay, so I had her when I was 25. Right. We found out we were expecting her when I was 24. Right. At the time, I felt like, well, you know, we're yeah, adult, we're mature, right. that's not yeah. too young. Yeah. At 33 now, yeah. I'm like, we were babies. So young. We were so young. So young. <laughs> you know, but in, yeah. the, in, the, in the middle of it, yeah. I didn't think anything. I was like, yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're adults. Fine. We'll handle well, it. I and mean, we did handle it. But now when I look back, I'm like, we were babies. <laughs> and Ruby, you better not even think about it. Yeah, like, no. Right. Wait till you're 35. <laughs> <laughs> like, not a chance. And it is wild because you did things a little different than most people yeah. did when it came to, like, we were in Kevin's relationship. And I always, even when I went to your wedding, I remember being like, this is so firm. This is so cool. Aww, thank so you. Such a love story. And I know that there's probably been trials and tribulations. We've all had them since yeah. we've been married and yeah. that special tying of the knot. But just watching that unfold oh, and you guys you. growing into one another as you've grown into who you are as yeah. a person. We've done, um, we've both done some personal transformations, I think, which is really neat. Yeah. Um, and now we're kind of like working on bringing it back together, if yeah. that makes sense. Oh, yeah. We, um, I've talked about it a lot, so I don't mind kind of being honest about it, but yeah. we do marriage counseling all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, we are super opposite and not in the way that complements one another. <laughs> okay. Like, we're the, like, the negative charge oh, um, magnets or whatever, so... It's a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, we, we're, and I'm very kind of upfront and honest about yeah. that. It's yeah. a lot of work and we have to work every day yeah. to kind of like stay a fit yeah. and stay a united front. Yeah. And some days are easier than others. Oh yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. But I think again, we did do things a little bit differently. Yeah. And so, um, for, I guess for people who don't know, we yeah. had our daughter before we got married. Yep. So, uh, 24 had our daughter. I don't think we got married until we were like 27. Yeah. Like yeah, around that so time. Um, and we're both 33. He's heading yeah. into 34 pretty soon. Mm-hmm. So we've been together for a decade. It's a long so time. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Gary and I too, this year mm-hmm. is a decade together. And, and there's a lot of changes so much. that and take place. Your cerebral cortex doesn't even close till you're 25. So, so often, especially you're thinking of like my baby, like you really are so moldable until that time. Yeah. And so then you're going into being a mom where you're already in this cyclone of what's happening to myself and my life. And like you go from having, you were together with Kevin, but single lifestyle sure, of yeah. just you guys. And then into that transformation of, wait, none of my friends have kids. None of them. So I, you lose your phone contacts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you lose the parties on the weekends. Yeah. And then you're expected to parent together and do all of these things that it's just not something that even um, like premarital counseling can prepare you for. Sure. And so it's just a matter of 
let's do it. Yeah. How are we going to figure figure this out? out? Yeah. Yeah. And nobody can give you advice, even the marriage counselor, because we have a therapist. Mm -hmm. She's amazing. And she gives us communication tips and, you know, kind of gives us a safe space to talk about things that are difficult. But at the exact same time, she can't say, you should do this and this is going to work. Yeah. Because she doesn't know. Sure. It's different for everyone. Every personality type in our therapist is such an Enneagram like thought process. So she will share like, oh, well, she's doing this because da 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 Yeah. He's doing this because da 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 Plus, she knows all of our backgrounds from right. our childhood. So I, if I was to continue to study something different, it would totally be like the neuropsych, like mm-hmm. growing, how you inter, intermingle with people. I find that fascinating. Yeah. I actually went to school. Um, I got my bachelor's in human services because I thought I would go on to do the master's in counseling and so forth. And, um, I wanted to do kind of child development because I'm interested in how you evolve Uh, from your childhood into the adult that you become. It is because you know, that nature versus nurture or, you know, the baggage that we carry around, the scars, the, the way we communicate with people. And Mm -hmm. I think that's so important now as a parent, I, will find myself like stepping back and being like, crap, Mm -hmm. that was a really bad example of like how we communicate. It's really important for me to kind of set an example for them on like how we talk to one another, how we talk to our siblings, how husband and wife should talk to each other. Um, how adults talk to children and yeah. vice versa. Yeah. I won't say that I succeed every day, oh, no. but it's I'm really possible. interested in, in kind of how that those relationships as, as, through a child's eyes yeah. kind of evolve into creating the person that they become. Absolutely. So it's but we've interesting. had so many conversations, Gary and I and our therapists in regards to like Cooper and Waverly and you have a boy and girl, but it's girl boy. So mm-hmm. I would, I'm curious how those, their relationship is a little bit different and Ours are really close at 16 months, so it's a lot of competition. He wants to do everything his way. He bickers and fights and picks and prods his little sister all day long. And she's so emotional, and she just wants to be his friend. And so I often take her side, and I realize that I can't do that because I also have to hear why it is that he's frustrated. What does Sissy do? And yesterday we were driving in the car, and he was like, um, he was, held her hand because she was like, Cooper, Cooper, and was touching her in the car seat. And he pinched her hand and squeezed it really hard. And I'm watching in the rear view mirror. And I'm like, want to laugh out loud. Yeah. His face is like so hateful. They like, get like real. Yeah. And Cooper, it. that is not kind, buddy. I don't like that decision. Why do you have to touch her like that? Yeah. And he was like, well, she was interrupting me and I'm going to call her interrupting Waverly every day now. It sounds like my, it sounds exactly like my house. <laughs> I was dying. I was like, I can't even be serious right now. You're going to call her interrupting Waverly? Because <laughs> they do the knock-knock who's there interrupting Cal. Interrupting yeah. Cal Moo. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, stop it. It's, it's the same. so frustrating. Same. I think that's like the sibling. It is. It's a whole other dynamic. Because he wouldn't siblings. treat anybody else like that. Sure. It's just the comfortability. Yeah. Which is exactly like your marriage. Yeah. You get so comfortable with somebody or even relationships within family and you know the buttons to push. You know what's going to affect them in just the right way because you're mad or irritated or frustrated or whatever it is. And learning those communication strategies to simmer back on that and do it, treat them as you would want to be treated. And it's just kind of learning, yeah, like how they receive information. Yeah. Um, I have learned that like... I need to take a softer approach in, you know, my like, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just tend to be like firm and lay it out. And that's how it is. Yeah. And, 
um, he takes that definitely as like really attacking. Abrasive. And I'm like, yeah. I wasn't attacked. Like, that's just how I talk. Just my so Gary, voice. the sales guy, right? <laughs> and so I get the, I think we should. I'm like, please don't sell ice to an Eskimo right now. Yeah. I'm your wife. I want to do it because it's this way. And he's like, I wasn't trying to sell you. I'm like, you just gave me a whole pitch on why this dining room table should be white instead of black. I like the black one. Yeah, That's the end Simple. of it. And fast forward five years later, I'm like, I really hate this black table. And he's like, are you kidding me? I stood in that store for an hour trying oh, to get you to get so the white funny. one. So oftentimes you end up biting your tongue and realizing, yeah. you know, not that they're right. I'm not going to give them all that credit, but yeah. that we, there could have been an easier compromise. Yeah. Well, and I, like, for me, learning to apologize, you know, I don't like to apologize. Oh, yeah. I'll be real honest about that. And he's almost real quick to apologize. Yeah. Because he thinks, like, oh, well, if I just say sorry, we can move on. Like, easy solution. Oh, yeah. And um, I'm kind of like, no, I'm going to... Simmer I'm going to stew on this for a while. So kind of meeting in that middle. Yeah. Yeah. He needs to take it, like, a little more seriously. Yeah. Like, I'm, I appreciate your apology, but do you really understand why I'm upset? Right. Um, and I need to be a little bit quicker yeah. to say, okay. That's interesting. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> love you. Really. I think mine probably, I have definitely have the stubborn trait for sure, but then I have this component of um, Gary needs not the words. He wants the action. Yeah. So he wants to see how I'm sorry yeah. or why I'm sorry versus the love languages. saying it. Yeah. yeah. That's, and that's a hard thing yeah. to do for someone who's stubborn. I'm like, sorry. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't work. And he's like, sorry really doesn't mean anything to me because people my whole life have told me sorry. Yeah. And then the very next day they do the exact yeah. same thing. I agree. I was one to him. So mm-hmm. I get that. Yep. <laughs> not fun. The love languages thing are interesting. Mm-hmm. And, um... It's interesting when you put it in your the relationship you have with your children too. Oh yeah, uh, I, I read a book. It, the book is the Outward Mindset, Ooh. Um, and one of the stories really resonated with me. And it's a, a father and a son, mm-hmm. and um, I don't remember it completely, but I remember the long of the short of it is the father wanted to bond with the son, yeah. you know, in one way. Sure. And it was always a drag to the son and, and the father. It was his way, his way, his way. And what he didn't realize was that the son really enjoyed bonding through playing basketball. Mm-hmm. And he was going to mm-hmm. actually connect with, you know, his child by bonding with him through basketball right. versus whatever way he thought, you know, like yeah. tag along with me for this or tag along for that. Sure. And he's really busy with work and they're just yeah. virtually uninterested and just so kind of recreating your relationship with them through their eyes and their yeah. interests. So and good. Our children just want our time most yep. of the time, yeah, you know. Absolutely. Undivided time. Yeah. As I'm guilty and Yeah, we all like are put now. your phone down. Yep. Um, I've heard from my daughter more than my son, like, you're always working. You're always working. Heartbreaking. And so they get used to like their devices or yep. whatever they do to occupy their solo time in the yep. moment I flip the switch and say, let's make some jewelry together. Do you want to do an art yep. together? It's like the you know, the world lights up. Yep. And they're so excited. Yeah. So whenever they ask, I try to like at least give them that little bit of time. Like, yeah. Yesterday, Levi wanted to play roller coaster, which was literally just <laughs> running around in circles in the front yard. Uh, I didn't feel good. I did not feel like doing it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to give you five minutes of the <laughs> most enthusiastic roller coaster ride ever. Uh, because like awesome. right now, this is how you're trying right. to bond and connect right. with me. Oh, that's so, so good. It's, it's so interesting. Hard. Yeah, it is hard because we're busy. Yes. And I don't remember my parents ever playing with me. No. 
Like, I don't think we lived in that generation. And I love you, Mom and Dad. <laughs> but they didn't. They took us on adventures. Sure. I do remember yeah, that. But yeah. other than that, go outside and play. Yeah, like, go occupy yourself. That was it. So I, it's hard for me to kind of merge the two because it's That's healthy to occupy it themselves. Sure. They they should. Yeah. I don't have time to occupy you all day long. Yeah. But I also want to figure out a way to connect with you. Very In a way that yeah. means something to you. Yep. I love so, that. And yeah. especially for all the people about to go into summer break, that's like such sound advice to know that it is okay that there's times where you're not sitting on the floor doing every single yeah, thing with them. But then at the very same time to know that it's super important for us to be intentional yeah. with our time and with the type of love that they receive. Sure. And my son would love if I was a gift giver at every moment of the day. What did he they all? Yeah. so <laughs> ridiculous. And I'm like, no, I'm not getting you that. Yeah. And so he knows that he's not going to get it, but he still never hesitates yeah, to ask. Great. Yeah, but he recently, his birthday is coming up. He'll be six, crazy enough. And um, we were talking about what kind of birthday party do you want? Where do you want it to be? Who do you want to come? And we just kind of, honestly, the kid brainstorms his birthday all year oh, long. Oh, yeah, Ruby, too. All year long. 365 yeah. days of the year. And we've been stuck on Star Wars Legos for a good six months. So I know that's what he wants his yeah. theme to be. And his, he said this when he was about four just turned five and he said all the people he wanted to come and specifically some of them are in like the um younger element or older elementary to middle school age brackets he hangs out very much with older kids he loves Mm -hmm. that um and he he said but no devices and i was like interesting like why no devices he's like because they don't pay attention when they're on their devices so no devices i'm like that is awesome. And no device birthday party. And he's like, even you, mommy. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're right. It's so So important. we're going to check him at the door just like you would check your keys if That's you're fun. having a drinking party. And everyone has to come with no That's intent. So, so I he's like so excited about that one fact. Yeah. We could have nothing else there other than that quality time of their five minutes of roller coaster. Well, it's funny because we just did Ruby's birthday party yeah. um, at a really cute place. And yeah. the staff after it was all kind of done, she said, you guys were the most involved party, like oh, the wow. most involved adults that yeah. we've ever had in here. Where were you? Um, the Green Bean. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. I was like, I, I like it. Um, <laughs> no, they're awesome. I yeah. just didn't want to like call them out. No, um, awesome. And so we had like this big dance party and it was so fun and all the parents were like dancing yep. and um, oh, the so grandparents, fun. you know, everybody yeah. shows up. So yeah. grandparents, aunts, uncles. Um, and I was like, well, what do the other parents do? Yeah. And Kevin looked at me and goes, sit on their phone. Yeah. And yeah. it's true. Yeah. And like, oh, they're being entertained for an hour. Yeah. So, they, yeah. It's like babysitter, yes. like free time. And yes. well, I'm super guilty of it. I work yeah. off my of phone. Of course. But um, I really try. Yeah. I try to be conscious of it. Of I try to kind of like, when I have it out and I'm mindlessly scrolling, yes. it's like, what's You're the, right. yeah, what's the point here? I'm not looking at anything. Put it away. Right. You right. Know? That's I'm so good. Miss anything. Yeah. And you know, I have um, some friends who have practiced doing the, you know, the, they don't have their phone next to their bedside either. Mm-hmm. And the bed, the phone stays on the other side of the room plugged in or it's downstairs plugged in. I will be honest that we have not gotten to that part no, of our relationship. I do that. And I, I would sl- love I'll to sleep through an alarm if it's not yeah. right next oh, to me yeah. and I, I use my phone. I just feel like I had a conversation with my boss the other day and he was like, so what do you and Gary do? Like if you never, cause he always references shows and I'm like, I I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, we we do TV not watch either. TV. And he's just, hmm, so what do you guys do when the kids go to sleep? I'm like, we go to sleep? Yeah. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, I mean, like, just your downtime. I'm like, we might pour a glass of wine and, mm-hmm. like, talk. You're like, oh, 
<laughs> he was so just so confused. And then I said, actually, you know what? We we will get on our phones and like, hey, did you see this? Yeah. Hey, did you see this? And he likes to watch MMA, but he does it all on his phone. And I am on my phone working all day long. Yeah. So I'm done by the time the day is over. Yeah. Um, but I would love to talk about that too. Like that component of where your, how your businesses have evolved. When I got dressed today, I put on my LuLaRoe, which I know you're only, it's actually really torn and whatever. It's a shawl. Um, but I know that you had like this transition from everything that you went from college into all of these different things. I want to hear Mm -hmm. about that that entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. Well, referencing LuLaRoe. Yeah. Um, so we had said, I, I had my daughter when I was 24. I was going back to school. I had taken a break uh, from school. I Mm -hmm. went to school after high school and then took a little bit of a break um, and then decided to go back. And it was a week before my semester started that I found out I was pregnant. So it was like, wait a minute. It was clearly unplanned. Um, I did the whole last, I think it was roughly three years. Okay. Um, pregnant and then with a child yeah. and I worked, I waited tables, so you know, I kind of yeah. did whatever we did, whatever we could to, to kind of make ends meet while yeah. I fi- finished it out. And then I was like, great, um, I'm going to get my degree. I'm going to get a job. Yeah. Be great. <laughs> and then I couldn't get a job. I couldn't even get an interview. That's what was so frustrating. Wow. Because yeah. you would be so good. Like interview you would probably. Um, I love, more. I love like the human services aspect yeah. and, um, fundraising, yes. child welfare, nonprofit, like all of that stuff. Yes. I couldn't get a job anywhere. It's so one of those, uh, there's a lot, I think maybe there's a lot of candidates. Yeah. A lot of uh, the positions now require masters. So there's just a lot of factors. Gotcha. And I think a lot of our generation and then definitely the millennial younger, because yep. we're kind of on the, yep, the, the cusp right there, uh, know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like you go to school, you spend all yeah. this time investing in a degree and then there's no jobs yeah. or there's not a job that's in your field and right. not to sound like bratty or whatever, but yeah. I, we were kind of at the point where if I was going to leave my children yeah. or my child at the time, yeah. it was going to be for something. Right. Um, And the only positions that were even remotely accessible at the time would have been spending more on childcare. Yep. Always. To have a job. Yeah. And that's a hard decision to make for a woman, I think. Um, but I, we just decided to have a second child. Yeah. So this yeah. is the point, like this, <laughs> this okay, this is our like time right that. here. Yeah. Okay. Like what do we want to do? Yeah. Um, so we wow. ended up with Yeah. Levi. Cause you ended up would have gone back maybe for a year, maybe for two. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, bye again. And yeah. yeah. And there's just, there was no real certainty yeah. and there was no real direction. And so it just felt like a good time to yeah. do it. have baby number two. Yeah. If yeah. I was home right then and there, right. Right. Like, right. Why not? Absolutely. So after Levi is when I stumbled into LuLaRoe okay. randomly. Okay. I got invited to a party. And okay. he was three months old. I will, I'll never forget. Like he was real young. Wow. So it was almost immediately. Yeah. And we were under contract for our house. We yep. were buying a house. Okay. And Kevin was like, you are crazy. Because <laughs> it is a big financial investment sure, to, sure. to join. And I was like, please, like I think this will work. You yeah. know, this is something I could do. It was brand new at the time. Yeah. Like nobody knew what it was. Yeah. Um, long story short, I ended up winning that argument. He was not... <laughs> <laughs> not on board. Yeah. Um, and it was a really cool journey. It yeah. really was. And yeah. I, I just kind of evolved out of it yeah. um, for personal reasons. Mm-hmm. And then honestly, for like creativity in the fashion world, I yeah. just felt super limited. Oh, sure. One of the hardest things for me was 
getting up every morning and feeling like I was not dressing for myself. Mm. You know? Yeah. I mean, your clothes yeah. express who you are. And when you're wearing something that makes you feel less like yourself, yeah. it was it was hard. And so I had to make... Yeah, that yeah. was one of the the inner kind of like dilemmas that I was having. Yeah. But what a lot of people don't know is um, I left and I was making really good money at the time. I still was. Um, I was consistent in business and I had yeah. a, a really small but really solid group team yeah. of um, good sellers. I had trained them to just, they were they were really good, yeah. really good group of girls. And I left um, and we needed that money. Like yeah, So it was a really big decision for us. We yeah. had to sit down and had to mm. kind of like go over all of the plans and kind of what are we going to do? And yeah. so I say that because I started a new business. I started my own boutique yeah. and the, the option to fail is, is like not there. I right. say it now because we still rely on yeah. my bad income. Of course. Um, our whole life had kind of evolved to rely on dual income. Yep. Yeah. And then if I'm like, huh, I'm going to quit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you it know, changes. Kevin's standing there looking at me going, okay, well like, what, what are you going to do, do now? now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, but I've always been a really hard worker. Oh, totally. But the question, so, so it's interesting because it's not like opening your boutique is, is they're paying you immediately. Mm-mm. So yeah. there's, you lose the money income and mm-hmm. you're investing again, mm-hmm. which you had just yeah. done it like so a blink of an we, eye before. Yeah. Literally I invested pretty much everything that yeah. I had yeah. into kind of flipping wow. clothes online yeah. and um, now we have this store yeah. and it's still, I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't say like, Oh, I'm in the clear. I'm debt free. Of, of course. Um, at all. I mean, yeah. we, we definitely have kind of put everything that we have into yeah. it on the yeah. side, but it's doing well. Yes. So yes. You and know. you're so good at it Thank because it's so, it's so much more. And I can say it from experience of having my own boutique. Yeah. I feel like it's so apparent that it's not just about the clothes. Yeah. The, the clothes are such an open door conversation and beginning relationship starter. You empower people oh, thank you. in such a way when you interact with them, when you share about your experience. And it's not about the clothes, though the clothes make us, you know, you yeah. can feel a certain way when you put on something. Sure. Um, but you're so good at just making everyone feel beautiful. Thank you. And I, I love that. that. And you feel that way when you go into the store. Oh, you feel spoiled you. and you yeah. haven't even bought anything. Yet. I have really good staff, I will say. That I'm very is lucky. True. I've got really yes. good staff. They almost do a better job than I do. So <laughs> I like love it. It is. People come so in. Helpful. Um, they'll start talking. I'm like, them go. They yeah. do real good. Yeah. Like, I love it. I love it. Well, we have, I had my manager at our store for a while and she, everyone thought she was my mom. Yeah. And at some point, and then she also would just call herself the owner because they'd be like, oh, you're the owner. And she'd be like, yeah. And she would just call her <laughs> tangent. And she still does it today, yeah. which makes my mom just, it's hilarious to her because she now owns it fully. And I appreciate it. I'm like, girl, you own whatever yeah. you want to own. You can have the back end because mm-hmm. that's not the part that I love. Yeah. The part that I love is the customer and making sure. them feel beautiful and, and connecting with them about their babies and all of those things. Yeah. That was definitely the biggest thing that I missed. But when it came to like the retail industry, when I told you, I think I said, don't open a store. Yeah. <laughs> do anything yeah. besides. I don't know if OB. you remember, like the first time I went to market, I reached out you to you and was asked. like, hey, do you have any advice Yep. Um, about going? So. And I love market. I'll yeah. do that any day of the week. Um, yeah. Bring me all the Get clothes. Somebody all the else's stuff. Yes. Like, oh, we'll take that. We'll take that. We'll take that. <laughs> it is so much fun. So it's really cool to see like that how that's evolved for you and now it's what I know you've t- you've done a couple of your own pieces 
Yeah, we fearlessly. did a couple of t-shirts. Okay. Yeah. Is that something you want to like continue to look into? Maybe. Or? Okay. Yeah. I'd like to expand the brand, like that concept yeah. a little yes. bit um, in the future. Cool. It's really a matter of having time. I feel yeah. like I can't start another project or we were talking about the creative side of yeah. things earlier. Um, I can't start that until I'm really, I feel yeah. real dialed in with the day-to-day management of yeah. the store and everything that's going on. And we're getting there. That's awesome. Um, but it's just not enough yet where I'm able to kind of walk away for a little bit right. and Absolutely. put my attention elsewhere. Yeah. But I would like to, I, I really, back to women empowerment and just yeah. kind of um, creating a space for women, much like what you're doing, to f- live fearlessly, to yes. stop letting fear. I know Speaking from personal experience, yeah. I spent a long time like being afraid of what other people were going to think and not chasing dreams that I know that I would have been super mm, good at because so I didn't have the courage yeah. and the self-awareness mm-hmm. to to chase them. Yeah. And looking back now, I didn't have the self-awareness, so I probably would have gotten eaten up alive. Yeah, that's you so know? true. Like, I had to evolve into yeah. the person that I've become yeah. to be able to look back. Yeah. Um, but I would have liked to have had the tools maybe sooner. Yeah, sure. And really looked into yeah. that personal development aspect yeah. earlier. Sure. So if I can help other people do that and, and feel a little bit more fearless, a little yeah. empowered yeah. to take control of their life. Because we we get in this rut of like, wake up, go to work, come home, mm. fix dinner, put our kids to bed, wake up, go to work, come home, fix dinner, put our kids to bed, live for the weekend. Yep. Then on the weekend, we get together with the same five people. We all have a couple drinks, our kids play. It's Sunday, everybody get ready get for school. Ready for work. Yep. And it's like this rat race yeah. yep. of the same monotony, for yeah. lack of a better word. And I love routine, and I love oh, yeah. the simple moments, but I just, I, I want to create something that's more on my own terms. Yeah. Less monotonous, yeah. less like restricted to yes. that... Yeah. That schedule. Yeah. It's been interesting because I I have the desire for a lot of that as Mm -hmm. well. And I jumped into the core concept this year and I feel like your live fearlessly like group will be similar to that. Mm -hmm. And whether it's the group that you already have established via social media or if it's a local group of women that come, um, I feel like it's going to have that similar take for you because it becomes less about your day-to-day routine Mm -hmm. and more about how can I help them live fearlessly in their routine or lack thereof. And I love seeing women like shatter that Mm -hmm. a little bit, shake it a bit and get uncomfortable. And so often the first thing that people say is, well, I don't know how, or well, I don't have the time, or I don't have the resources. And I always challenge those questions because I'm like, what is the limiting belief to why you think Mm -hmm. you don't have time? Yeah. What is the limiting belief to why you don't have enough resources? It's not about your bank account because we can work around that and through that and with that to your advantage. And why in that courage piece is such a huge one because kind of circles back to what we were talking about before. Like who in your childhood, who told you that you weren't good enough? Who stepped on you enough to say you don't deserve to do what you're passionate about? And it's a multitude of people generally, but sometimes it's like one situation that rests within your soul so deeply and it really should be a freedom opportunity to say, okay, you're likely not even friends with that person anymore. You're likely not intimately involved with that person anymore. And if you are... How can you get on top of what their belief is of you and stop living for what they say? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And so it's been such an inspiring thing to watch women let go of all of those limiting beliefs and step into that ownership and being able, it's fearful. Don't get me wrong. There are so many steps that I take on a daily basis. Like, I don't know what the heck we're going to talk about. Here we are. And it's Mm -hmm. like, let's just step into that uncomfortability and see where it goes because it's going to be good. And it's, there's fault moments, there's missteps, there's the time where your self-awareness isn't in the place that it needs to be. But if you continue to go back to what the purpose is, and the purpose is to live fearlessly outside of that rat race, outside of the mundane and the desire to like pursue your dreams and what you're made to do, you're always going to come back to, okay, dust off my knees a little bit and let's walk forward. Let's just keep going. Well, and Living fearlessly yeah. or being fearless is, yeah. you know, it doesn't mean that you don't have fear, right? Because, like, we all Absolutely. have fear. Yeah. Um, it's one of Brene Brown Brown's books, actually, where yes. she talks about, you know, like riding in a car. Mm-hmm. And fear is allowed to be a passenger in the car as are joy and, uh, you know, all yes. other emotions. But fear is never allowed to have the driver's seat. Yes. It's allowed to ride. You are allowed to acknowledge it's there. It's but it is never allowed to be the driver. And that's always really resonated with me yeah. because everybody has that, like, crazy you know, anxiety-ridden fear over something, especially if it's something that's important to you or something that you want to, you know, you're passionate about. There's a big gamble there. So much because it's your soul you're putting Yeah, Yeah. but it's about kind of like pushing forward anyway. Like I'm feeling this and I acknowledge that it's there and I acknowledge the importance of whatever, you know, I'm about to, whatever journey I'm about to embark on. Yeah. Um, But I'm still going to go forward anyway, even though it scares me. Yeah. And it's the people who end up taking that plunge and going that next mm-hmm. step that you're like, how come they can do it? Yeah. It's because they've, they've recognized and they've kept walking versus some people do let that fear or whatever the, like, the fear factor is. They let it just take it over. Yeah. And then they find ways to numb it. And sometimes the numbing is the fact that they have, you know, a 7 to 6 p.m. job. And mm-hmm. then it's in, you're so stuck in the rat race. I thought it was interesting when you were talking about, um, how LuLaRoe and once you guys had the dual income and how we as a society, if you make the money, you're going to spend the money. Mm -hmm. It's how we operate. You become the lifestyle of what your pocketbook will allow you to be. And then you're stuck in a different situation. You're like, hold on a second, but this is what we're used to doing. This is what we're used to doing. And Gary and I walked through a really scary time when I let go of the boutique. I let go of the other um, bra line that I was Mm -hmm. developing and decided to be home with the kids and pour into the people in the place that wasn't ever going to go away. Yeah. It was a really hard decision. It was a really fearful decision. Um, And to watch our finances just go up and flames it seemed like yeah. it was so scary and yet people look from the outside looking in are like oh they've got everything they go on trips they've got a nice car they've got yeah. my car is a 2011 has 110,000 miles on it it looks brand spanking new from the outside because yeah. somebody gave it a good paint job <laughs> and currently if you open the trunk the shock is broken on it and so it'll open really beautifully and it yeah. and it's like shutting on you and it's so heavy and people are like, oh my gosh, are you going to get that fixed? I'm like, nah, yeah. it's not a big deal. Yeah, so learning to like, you know, deal with the, the concept of money is also such an important thing because it can be the main limiting belief, but mm-hmm. it can also be the unlock if you can get past that to say there's more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I also think in terms of money, you know, if, if it's, in, if there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. And I certainly don't mean like, 
Oh, for anybody who is their limiting belief is the financial aspect. Like certainly don't put yourself into mounds of debt that you're never going to be able to pay off. Absolutely. Um, But again, if there's a will, there's a way. And I think if you're real, if your why is strong enough and you're really passionate about what you're going to do, you're going to figure it out. You're going to figure out how to finance it. You're going to figure out how to trade for it, leverage it, like do whatever to make it happen. That's so true. And watch it evolve. And it's interesting too, because now with the concept of like collaboration, and I feel like you're you're really good at that. You're so open to community. You're so open. Yeah. You've been like that. And you say it kind of like what you went to school for and having that heart. You've been like that for so much longer than what I feel like the fad of community <laughs> service, right? And that's a horrible yeah. thing yeah. to say that yeah. that's a fad because it's amazing when yeah. people have outreach and here I am doing a bunch of stuff for a safe house project locally. But at the very same time, it's more about... What, the why behind it, but you've always opened your doors to these concepts of collaboration and being willing because you've been there. How can yeah. I help you? What can we do yeah. to like, you know, and I don't know. I mean, I feel like I've always just had one of those, uh, generous hearts where like, yeah. I always want to do good. Mm-hmm. Um, I always want to give back oh, because it's like the right thing to do. Right. I live by like this moral code of right and wrong. Yeah. Um, and Kevin is always like, it's not that black and white. I'm like, but it is though. Yeah. Like right is right and wrong is wrong. Right. 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 Um, even if it doesn't benefit me, if right. it's like wrong, it's wrong. Right. So right. Um, I think in terms of like giving back uh, and collaborating, you know, I've always felt much like a loner. Like I've yeah. got friends and stuff, but yeah. I've never had, you know, this like group of uh, friends, this big group of friends or this big group of business professionals. I've yeah. never really had like my place. Yeah. I've kind of floated between groups yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So I just do my own thing. And then yeah. when people who are looking for companionship or help or yep. collaboration, ask. I'm like, sure. Like, yeah. I, I never had that. I never had the people yeah. bringing me in. Sure. So it would have been nice yep. um, to feel like I had community to, to belong yeah. to. So I yeah. just always try to create that community for yeah. other people. That's and now that I feel like I'm more established, I do have little networks in, yeah. in places where I feel like I belong. But in terms of um, creating my business from like the ground up. Yeah. yeah I didn't have yeah. anybody. Yeah. Back to being, you know, having a newborn at 25, I didn't have any friends. Yeah. The, the few friends and I've never run with a huge social group. Right. I've always had like just a small coordinate of friends. Yep. Um, and so the few that I had were gone. Right. The moment that they found oh. out I was pregnant. Yeah. No lie. Oh, that's crazy. Um, I mean, I had, you know, a childhood friends mm-hmm. like you and mm-hmm. um, Rocky and a couple other friends to, to like anchor yeah. down and like do a yeah. baby shower that yeah. I didn't even want and like things yeah. like that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, in terms of people to hang out with after yeah. I had a baby, I had no one. So for like three years, it was real lonely. And then I had Levi and started that business and it yep. was like, okay. I just invested all this money in this business. <laughs> How am I going to get it off the ground? Yeah. And so it was really important. I had to wow. go out. I had get to go out and, and pursue. Yeah. Wow. Wow. How interesting. Now, was it like, I mean, talk about comfort zone. Was that out of your comfort oh, 100%, zone? Oh, right? 100%. But I also am, I don't like failing in that aspect. Like, yeah. I believe in you're going to fail things and you're going to learn from them and stuff. But I, yeah. I, gambled a lot of money on yeah. that and yeah. and we were not in a position for me to do that so it was like I gotta make this work yeah. like yeah. The, that tenacity of like yeah. you know we gotta figure this out it's gotta work yeah um, and then as I it started to take off it was like sure kind of okay. an addiction you're like yeah. oh this is successful and then you totally. kind of you, totally. you ride that little um, wave of success yeah as much as you can it's interesting because I had the both senses of I put in a lot of money for modern maternity when it first opened 
and the mini businesses that we did, but that one took the chunk of the change. And then to ride that boutique out for as long as we did, you're constantly investing in that. I mean, it's a yeah. constant investment. It's like owning a home because you want to make it new and trendy and new lines and that line. Yeah. And there's 52 seasons in the fashion world. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's just like, oh my gosh, how do we keep up with it? And at the same time, when I let go of the bra company, we decided we're going to pour everything in to make the store work. And it was kind of in this, like, we're about to resign the lease. We're not really sure if we're going to resign the lease. So that's when we did the store remodel, uh-huh. and which looks amazing now and is, is was such an investment for my mom. <laughs> but at the time, I was like, okay, we're going to make this work. And it was about four months later, and I'm like, this isn't this isn't right. Yeah. This isn't where I should be. I'm not thriving here. My the business wasn't thriving. Mm-hmm. So it, of course you the addiction of what it was has now been lost. Yeah. My energy was all towards her, toward my home, my faith, my my kiddos, that relationship. And so I wasn't in it mm-hmm. in the same way that I was. So looking at numbers, I'm like, "Oh crap. I never paid myself." Yeah. I never did any of the smart financial things that now I have a little, like a little purse talking person on my shoulder, always talking to me about money in a good way because sure. she's a best friend and she's giving me the resources and the books and all the podcasts. The organization. And I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I love you. Thank you so much. You're like my life CFO, but it, it, it was the scariest thing. And so I felt so much like a failure and I walked in that like kind of shame for about mm-hmm. a year, had to completely remove myself from the store. And it was also my mom. So that situation is, was yeah. really That's tough. Hard. You kind of worked with your mom for a little bit, but she had her own thing. It's like, yeah, it's a hard Anytime you mix family and business is hard. Very, very Anytime. hard. It took us oh, quite a while to get over it. But the hard part was I still wanted the rain. I still wanted to be able to control because I was such a control freak mm-hmm. at the time. Um, and now I'm just so excited for her. And yeah. so when she gives Good. me fashion lines and shows me something, that's so fun. And I know that my place was outside of it sure. and it was, it's become everything to her. Oh, and I love that. Yeah. Um, but boy, that failure component is always, that's probably my biggest fear because mm-hmm. I, on the very opposite end, I'm the achiever. Yeah. So if I'm driving towards things so hard that somewhere in the back of you is like, why are you driving so hard? What yeah. is keeping you from being okay with just resting or not not winning. Yeah. Not letting it happen. So I don't know why specifically the failure piece is so big to me. It's just the I think praise that I received mm-hmm. from achieving. Yeah. Because um, you've always been an achiever. Mm-hmm. Like an, an overachiever. Uh-huh. If, like in childhood and school and stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. annoying. Sometimes I wish I, I mean, there's obviously huge pieces where I'd be like, I would love to just be like her. The kid who like never turned in his homework yes, and did not care I at all. Yeah, that. I never understood that. I have anxiety all the time about not being like yes. on time and have my document, you know, yes. anything. I like to have, what they say, your eyes dotted and your T's yes. crossed. Oh yeah. And it has time. to be early and it has to be prepared. I was yeah. not a procrastinator. I will say recently I went through my second year of my ordination. I just got ordained as a minister. Really fun. Um, And it was a two-year program. And you had to do like a monthly assignment. Well, as that was happening, Fit and Faith was also coming off the ground. And that ministry, you know, has taken all of my energy and my love and my creativity and my passion. And I am telling you, I had no time, no bandwidth to do (laughs) multiple things. It was all I had. It's hard. Plus doing my other job. And so I was talking to Pastor and I'm like, 
I am so sorry I haven't done these assignments. It was giving me like night sweats. I couldn't sleep knowing that I had these things to check Mm -hmm. off. And at one point he told me, God will give you grace for your space, which I've said that on the podcast before. And when he said that, it almost released me from the fact of like, you don't have to do all of yeah. those things. Yeah. Not to say that that's what he said. He's not like you cannot do the homework assignment because sure. the college professor still says turn in the college professor or the grades to get it. But I I just had this release of being like, you know, do what makes you happy. Yeah. Do what feels right. Again, that moral code, good versus bad mm-hmm. versus like always trying to do all of it. Yeah. You can't do all of it. Or just, yeah, the anxiety of not getting it all done. Yeah. Uh, I that resonates with me so much in terms of just having a task that I've tasked myself with mm-hmm. and nobody is holding me accountable yeah. and the anxiety of it needs to get done and yeah. I like not allowing myself to slow down or relax yeah. ever. Yeah. And I've had that conversation with myself many a times yeah. where it's like, who, who cares? Yeah. Who is going to come knock on your door if that doesn't get done? Relax right. a little right. bit. Right. That laissez-faire. Mm-hmm. I don't have that mm-hmm. attitude. I'm very like, everything needs to get done, but none of it gets done ever. So why, why stress about it? Right. And I, I am, I will say I have gotten better. Yes. Yes. I'll yes. kind Likewise. of let things go. Yeah. I joke about my house. I'm like, it's well lived in. That's what it is. This chaos. I'd like to say it doesn't look like this all the time, but it does. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. normal. Yep. Yeah. So, so you're special if it's clean. Yeah. It's just, that's the <laughs> it does. It's well lived in. But yeah. yeah. And then pulling back in the child conversation. I mean, I don't want my kids to always remember me as working or yeah. cleaning. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If, if if our kitchen doesn't get clean. Sure. Well, I'm, I'm weird about the yeah, kitchen. The I like the kitchens to be clean. Yeah. Um, so if our living room doesn't yeah. get picked up, if the pillows aren't arranged nicely. Right. But we all got to kind of like laugh and, and play around for 30 minutes yeah. before bed. That's okay. There's nobody knocking on my door being like, "Um, excuse me. Yeah. You didn't didn't do do this. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. But I don't know where. I think maybe. I wonder if we went back to the way we were raised as children. I think we had very similar home dynamics. Like it was very strict and you had rules and you had chores. And and we both, you know, were very good listeners and good children. And if you didn't do it, you were in trouble, you know. Totally. Um, And so I just wonder. Sometimes I think that's honestly where it comes from. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, And then I... I mean, even things like making your bed. So yeah. I went through a, like a huge like hiatus of I am not making my bed because I had to make my bed every single yeah. day. Like it like had re- to be done. Rebelling from and that. I was like, I'm not doing it. In college, I ended up doing it when it was like my little space. But and even in my marriage, I was like, I'm not. It's like our room. I don't care yeah. what it looks like. Well, since we've moved, I've been really adamant because I love the decor in our bedroom, and it was the only space because my mother-in-law and my father-in-law were there mm-hmm. for a while, and it was complete chaos it was the only space that I could control and so we started making the bed every day yeah and now I get why it's one of the lists of the seven highly effective leaders things that they do is make their bed because it feels amazing when I leave I'm like yes I did something already today yeah it feels good and when I come back in the evening Though I have to take off the pillows that my husband doesn't understand. Yeah. It feels so cozy. I do like when you come home. Yeah. You know, we're always running late. I feel like no matter how early we get up, we're always running late. Yeah. I do like the feeling of coming home. Yes. It's made. Yeah. You walk into that room in a safe space and it just feels organized. I'm weird about beds though. Like I change my sheets at least once a week. Really? Um, Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. I like them like clean and our bed's all white too. So it's real easy to have to do. 
do yeah. that. And I, yeah. I do it on purpose. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's like all white. It's nice and clean. It's like, oh, three days. There's like, it's time to I come on. My, yeah, my kids yeah. have like Cheetos or of something, course. Fruit Loops or something in bed watching TV. I'm like, yep. change it. Yep. Let's go. So my Mexican husband side of the bed, he's like, he takes a shower every single night before he goes to bed. He will have just taken a shower and he does it. And it is brown. Yeah. And I'm like, why is your skin falling off? Yeah. Like, what is happening? They're so dirty. It's Kevin, too. They're dirty. <laughs> I'm like, I need to get in there and, like, scrub yeah. brush you yeah. because it is always on my He showers sometimes, like, twice a day. There it and is, his too. side is always dingy, like, dingy. Yes. And I can go two or three days without showering, and my side is, like, crisp and clean, and I don't even oh move when I sleep. Right? It's, like, the blanket's all nice. <laughs> you just flip just, it back up, and now I can. Yeah. Like, why is your pillowcases off? Why are you growing <laughs> The in? corner of the bed sheet is, like, yeah, coming off. I don't know what they do when they sleep. <laughs> it cracks me up. I'm sorry, babe. I'm totally calling you out on your weird habits. <laughs> it's so strange. It is funny. <laughs> it cracks me up. But I love, like, I just think that there is so much goodness to teach our children with the ability of like going into living fearlessly but also that laissez-faire like living fearlessly in that combination and it's not a control thing yeah it's like a freedom experience slowing down a little bit I really have I try to have that conversation with myself as well um have you read present over perfect I feel like oh yeah oh yeah so just that that idea of why are we always on the go, go, yeah. go, go, go. And I yeah. fear not only for myself, but just for my friends, my family, yeah. and just everybody Society. that we're in this, that such a fast paced, go, 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 mm-hmm. go mentality mm-hmm. that somewhere along the line, something major is going to happen in terms of like a mistake yeah. or a, a bad accident because yeah. you're going so fast yeah. that you're not almost yeah. not paying attention to what you're doing. Absolutely. You know, and I worry about that. I'm like, yeah. Did I get all the kids out of the car? You know, yeah. did I leave something in the grocery cart? It, where's my purse? Like, yeah. we're just going so, so fast that there's, true. it's so easy to make a mistake or an error that could yeah. have a really, like, long-term lasting, lasting impact. impact. So true. It's I so really sad. try to slow down. Yeah. Um, and just, I kind of plan out my day. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm, like, type A organized, but right. I, like, figure out what's going to be on my agenda yeah. for the day, and then we just get through that. And yeah. if the day ends and I have time for something else, great. Yeah. If I don't... You know, I'd like for my kids to know that it's okay to go sit outside and read a book yeah. or yeah. I don't really watch a lot of TV, but watch a show, right. you know, right. I think play a, game. a big adjustment for me because I'm a task list person. I have running lists everywhere. My notes yeah. on my computer desk. Sticky like, notes. T- yeah, t- <laughs> uh, post-it notes everywhere. I'm taking notes right now. And um, I, instead of, because you always, you know, I like to check them. As much mm-hmm. as I make the list, I got to check it off. Was instead of having a running list of what you have need to accomplish, ha- take it off of that list and putting it on what you have accomplished. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And so you have two running lists. And and then instead of being like, I got nothing done this week that I wanted to get done. It's like, hold on. Yes, I did. Yeah. I did all of these things. All these things. And then, and, you know, occasionally I'll just delete it because I don't, I did that all, but, and I want to keep going towards yeah. the other thing, but it's really nice thing for weekly reflection for me specifically in order to, to calm myself down. And those other things are still going to be on the list. Mm-hmm. It's not going to make or break anywhere. you and your kids, those babies need your attention just as much now yeah. as if your whole list was completely done, which will never be, but yeah, they don't care. It's they don't not see end. that. Yeah. yeah. They don't even know what that is. Yeah. This morning, I was rushing around getting stuff ready for the kids. I, it was my brother's birthday, so I was like, you need to make your Uncle Robert a card really quick. I'm Aww. brushing hair, putting on shoes. And um, I said this all out loud. I'm like, I have to brush your hair. I have to put on your shoes. I got to get your bathing suit for later. I have to get your soccer stuff. And I'm saying it out loud. And he's like, 
Cooper said in a country accent, he's like, well, that's a lot of things to do there, right there. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, thank you, Cooper. Yeah. I started laughing. All of the, like, stress that I had just anxiety. built up from saying that just completely released. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what, Coop? You're right. That yeah. is a lot of things. Mommy's got lots of things that you never even think about. Yeah. And at the very same moment, just realizing it really doesn't matter. No. It really doesn't. As women, we take care of ourselves last and often forget to take a time out to put ourselves first. Without our own refueling time, how can we expect to operate on empty? You need a mental rest. You need an emotional reset. You need physical nourishment. You need spiritual hydration. The time is now. The moment is yours. And the opportunity awaits. Come to the Women's Wholeness Retreat, an Oceanside experience for a full mind, body, and soul detox and development experience. A space to be free and a time to reignite yourself into better balance. Sign up today. Take the action towards your intended wholeness. Hope to see you there. like this anxiety about being on time mm-hmm. I like to be on time right. and when I'm not on, on time or like you get in traffic and you know you're you're yes. pushing it um it creeps up and I've noticed that I've given that I've passed that along to my daughter she's mm-hmm. old enough now she's eight um that she gets like that like yes. I'm gonna be late and she already has anxiety yep. and so I can see it and I'm trying to backtrack I'm trying oh, to like now stop. realizing like Hey, it's okay, it's okay if we're late. And so Ooh. for like the past few months, yeah. You're convicting even me right I'm now. internally like <laughs> freaking out, I have to put on a face that like, it's okay. Sometimes we're late. There's, oh there's nothing we can do about this traffic right now. Yeah. There's nothing we can do. Yeah. So we can freak out or we can take a deep breath and remind ourselves that there's nothing we can That's do. That's interesting. I need to, you're convicting me. Yes, it's hard. I've because internally, yeah, I'm like, yeah. yeah. But she, I mean, crying and like freaking oh, out and panic attacks yeah. over being late to like school or gymnastics oh, yeah, or something. Okay. And, and I'm watching it happen going, I did this. That's my fault. Right? I did oh. this like by barking and being like, we're going to be late. Yeah. Oh, freaking out. Yeah. Put your shoes um, on. We got to go. Put your shoes yeah. on. Put your shoes on. Put your shoes on 25 times. So I'm trying to like Interesting. reverse what I have done in- over the past eight years unconsciously. Thing. That's really interesting. I literally have taught my children that being on time is being five minutes early. <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah. oh my God, we're late. Oh my God, we're late. Yeah, and really it's like being late, late for five minutes early is yeah. what I'm late for because yeah. I don't want to be late. <laughs> So since I moved and I'm like only an extra 10 minutes away from school, I cannot get there on time. And it's caused me such anxiety to the point that the other day we were actually really early. I'm like pulled into Starbucks and Cooper's like, where are we going? Where are we going? I'm like, it's okay. Remember how mommy used to get a coffee very often when we would come to school and we have it in the last month because we've been late. Today we're on time. We're on time. So mommy's getting a coffee. Yeah. And she, he was like, we're going to be late. I'm like, no, we're not. Yeah. We're going to be on time. It's good. 
I, I like to try, I try now that I've realized like in this instance to remind my daughter, especially because she's yeah. older, Levi doesn't really quite understand yeah. yet. Remind people, remind them that people's time is valuable. Mm. When you're late, you know, you're, you're yeah. eating into somebody else's time and it's so important so to be good. conscious of other people's time so true. without like creating this panic and this stress of, right. If we are late. Right. You know, right. Like absolutely. Yeah. Kind of towing that line a little bit. Absolutely. It makes Even though internally I'm like, yeah. Well, it goes back world. again to like the moral of what's right versus wrong. What's yeah. the good thing to do? What's yeah. the good Samaritan thing to do yes. versus not? And I've got a friend who is always late. I know she's going to be late. Yeah. And so I just prepare myself that five o'clock means 520. Yeah. And she walks in lackadaisal and like Doesn't everyone's care. calm. And I'm like, well, yeah. I guess I got to respond with the same thing because she doesn't care. So yeah. if I didn't care, I'm just making a frenzy about something she's never going to care about. Yeah. So her her role in my life has been really helpful in that sense. Sure. I still have one. My personal thing it still is there. But whenever I have something to do with her, I'm just like, oh. Yeah. Well, and I think you talked about expectations at one point. Yeah. But when we set these expectations and we yep. expect people to meet them without yeah. actually educating them mm-hmm. on whatever expectation we've set for them. Yeah. That's not really fair. No. So if you know that she's 20 minutes late oh, all the yeah. time, you can just stop setting that expectation. Totally. Embrace the relationship for what it is yep. and know going into it. Like there's no yeah. need to stress And it releases it. her as much as it releases yeah. me. She yeah. has has to, and I'll have to ask her specifically now that we're having this conversation, like she has to have seen the, the change in my demeanor about it yeah. over the course of the last couple of years. Oh, there's funny. no way because before I was like, Morgan, we're gonna be late. Yeah. Sorry, Morgan, yeah. just called you out. <laughs> Sorry, that's hilarious. But like you, she now at this point, I'm just like, hey, okay, we'll yeah. see you at five. We're and ready. Whenever I'm here, I'm outside in your driveway, but I'm just on the phone. Don't worry about it. It's funny. So, so it's so true, though. I wanted to circle back because you had said something earlier that I thought was really profound about um, your, your know, self awareness and and what happens to us as a child to where we are now and moving forward to the, to the women that you want to impact, mm-hmm. whether they're younger, whether they're the same age, whether they're older. Cause I really feel like you have a really cool connection with women who are older as well, who Thanks. just are like, you're yeah. doing, you're doing it and I'm proud of you, but Aww. also you're impacting them. Um, if you, besides like the live fearlessly, what would you want to instill in their hearts and minds about something to take with them? Um, look, I'm looking at that going worthy. I mean, like worthiness. I think that that's like a great, um, a great message. I think one of the most profound things for me in terms of, um, self, you know, help and evolving as a person is being okay with what you're feeling Mm. and actually feeling it. Yeah. You know, we try to run and hide from our feelings. We try to mask them Mm. in, uh, you know, multitude of ways. And one of the things that I've learned is, Like, it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be upset, hurt, sad, um, happy, joy. Like, really honing in on whatever emotion that you're feeling and allowing yourself to feel that um, regardless of what it is. You know, you are worthy of happiness. And it's okay to be sad or hurt and, um, or, you know, like the the failure component. Like, that's such a normal feeling and it's okay. It's really how we move forward from it. Absolutely. That defines us or, you know, that's how we grow. And so many people are afraid to feel things. Yeah, that's so true. And and our society is so good at giving you all of the mechanisms to mask it. Yeah. That then we're not, we literally are rats Mm -hmm. in the rat race running on medication. It's like we're in a lab. Yeah. 
And it's crazy because there's so many different ways to do it. Mm -hmm. And most of them, I don't even think we realize. Oh, yeah. And that's where when I had to like stop, get off, reevaluate this contraption Mm -hmm. in my life, like the first pursuit was and my first like proclaim proclamation of what I had done was that I I quit the American dream Mm -hmm. that I let go of everything that I thought I was in pursuit of Mm -hmm. and what I was told as a child I was supposed to be in pursuit of and I said no I'm not gonna do that and so that is so in line with like everything that we've talked about and like not everybody's gonna do that some people are it's not about whether you're pursuing a nine-to-five job I am all for somebody sure. who's passionately in their position and they have a set time that they're there. Mm-hmm. It's not about having to be your own entrepreneur. It's about making sure in the time you wake up to the time you go to bed that at some point you're in all points, you're in pursuit of your own happiness. Sure. A hundred percent. And you're living as your mo- most authentic self. Yes. Uh, you know, not trying to be somebody that you think you're supposed to be or you're not doing something that you think you're supposed to do or something that is expected of you, but Mm -hmm. isn't really bringing you happiness and joy. Yep. It's so true. Um, And even if you're in a situation, because sometimes you are in a job or a situation where you're Mm -hmm. doing something that it's a means to get by, you don't have a choice Sure, that you're finding time in your day Mm -hmm. to do something for you that brings you joy, that brings you peace, that brings you happiness. That's going to keep you grounded um, in, in who you yeah. are yeah. essentially. And that's where like my whole heart for like the whole concept of mind, body, and soul alignment is that there should be points of your day and points of your life that are all gearing you towards a mental state of health yeah. and well-being, a body physical state of well-being, a pursuit of, you know, your health, your overall health, yeah. and then your spiritual well-being, sure. your, your spirit man, wherever that place is for you to, to make sure that you are, are searching that out daily, yeah. often, as often as you possibly and can. And staying connected with it, yeah. for sure, 100%. I know yeah. mine is... Um, at my, I joke, my church is nature. Yeah, my so spiritual lovely. relationship with God and the universe and the the way that I'm spoken to is 100% through being outside, mm-hmm. being in nature, and really creating time because it's I don't have a lot of time. And that's an yeah. easy excuse. Nobody mm-hmm. does. Yeah. But taking, you know, making an effort to create the time to get outside. Yeah. Um, we got a puppy recently. Yeah. And that has been <laughs> such a blessing. Everybody was like, why are you getting this dog? It's a crazy dog. And I, I used to have one, so I'm familiar with the breed. Yeah. And I was like, well, I just want one. I want one to be able to go hiking alone with for yeah. safety reasons. Sure. They're very protective. Um, I've always wanted one. Our, our other dogs are older. It's a great time. And everyone's like, you're bananas. But what I love about this crazy banana dog yeah. who's insane is he forces me to get outside. Yeah. So I totally. have made time to get outside for myself, but now I'm forced to every day. And I'm so grateful for those. Even yeah. if it's 20 minutes, yep. I take it, we go outside, we go for a walk, we play fetch. And that, that just 20 minutes, yeah. I don't have my phone with me. Um, I'm, I'm forced to do that's it so and good. I'm so grateful for it. I love yeah. it because that's where I find my reflection yeah. and you know, those conversations and yeah. stuff. I've loved that. Cause even in conjunction with that component, we haven't talked about it yet for your physical health because you've done a transformation in that yeah. for yourself as well as being outside for those Spartan races mm-hmm. that you've done. And like, how has that, cause that's been kind of an evolution for you. You weren't always into that. Yeah, we've. Um, we started running, we've done a couple mud runs, yeah, you know, mud runs through, just, yeah. uh, both, both Kevin and I throughout the duration of our relationship, but we did the Spartan trifecta last year, which yeah. was like a series of three races. We ended up running, I think five or six, I can't remember, 
um, total, but yeah. we did do the yeah. trifecta, and they're just really challenging yeah. physically. But what's so interesting about them is as challenging as they are physically, yeah. they're even more mentally challenging. Totally. So you can be so strong, yeah. but if you don't have the mental grit to get through like 13.5 miles in the West Virginia mountains with no. mud and uh, it rained oh my and gosh. Um, I was stung by a bee twice, like all kinds of stuff. You know, if you don't have, yes. it's painful. Oh my gosh. Um, it t- I think it took us like four hours. It was the first time we'd ever done that yeah. long one. But sure. That's a long time time to and you have to have the mental stamina to get through yeah but I thrive off of that type of stuff I like being challenged and I like rising to the challenge yeah so I I really enjoy that and then yeah the spiritual side of just being in the mountains we love it um and quality time for you guys yeah to make that as a pursuit together yeah not parenting yeah yeah um and not you know we've we've noticed our relationship get stronger I wasn't sure if I should touch, like if I was going to touch on this topic, but yeah. we've no- noticed our relationship get stronger the l- less we drink, mm. cutting out alcohol. Um, we both really nice. like, you know, a good yeah. cocktail every now and again, yep. um, but we certainly don't indulge that much. Yeah. Um, not anymore. Not the way we used to. Certainly, yeah, yeah. When we were in our 20s, sure. we did um, for various reasons, and that's like a, definitely a deep conversation. But as a couple, we've noticed that we do a lot yeah. better when we don't. Yeah. We're not drinking. Yeah. And it's when we're not drinking together and when we're not drinking with our friends. Like yeah. We just um, bond and thrive yeah. better yeah. through awesome. like the physical challenges or the going the hiking, going camping, definitely um, going down to the beach yeah. and just... And that's both of us have yeah. made that decision on our own. That's amazing. It's um, funny because when you were talking about um, the feeling, the feelings, mm-hmm. just yesterday, I and I've been convicted of it a lot in the past probably week or two. So the fact that you're bringing this up again, it's just kind of one I, you know, I call my God winks. So yeah. thank you for being a tool for that, <laughs> is that she was talking about how she was one year sober. Mm-hmm. And she said, like, it, I was never an alcoholic. I would just drink, you know, multiple times a week, maybe one, maybe two, but I just always found myself numbing my feelings Mm -hmm. with alcohol. And oftentimes if Gary and I are going to have a cocktail, I have so much stuff going on in my life, whether it's good or bad, it's absolutely for that. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is no other reason that I'm like using it. I mean, that's the only tool that it's for. So we're talking about all the things that we do to mask things yet at the same time, you're like, Oh, I feel great. This is good time together. Mm, I know I put things into my body purposely and I am really good about having that wholeness concept. I know you've done whole 30 multiple Mm -hmm. times. Um, and then though I drink clean wine, scout and cellar, I'll prep it really quick. It's still doing the same thing of, of something negative. Yeah. And it's, I shouldn't do it alone. And we should do it alone anyway. And then to do it as a couple, that's a really noble thing to both recognize mm-hmm. that and be on that page on the same time. Yeah. We recognizing it as a couple was interesting. It was accidental. Oh. It was definitely through kind of going through the physical transformation, joining a gym, working out, yeah. doing the races. You can't no. binge drink. You can't drink heavily right. and then still perform in the way that you want to. Um, it was pointed out a little bit by our counselor. Like you, yeah. we met in a bar, we yeah. met in a drinking relationship. That's what we did as hobbies. That's what our dates were. Like, let's go cocktail and listen yeah. to a band. Um, and so it was, it was kind of pointed out in different ways, but yeah, using it as a way to mask yeah. emotions to piggyback off of what you just said is something that I think a lot of people do myself as well. And yeah. so just recognizing that I want, um, if we have a drink now, it's because we want to like 
yeah. celebrate something. Yeah. Or like, hey, we were in Denver, so yeah. let's go out and have sure. a margarita. And, Absolutely. Um, I'm really conscious of if we have a bad day, we don't have a drink. Wow. Like, if you're super stressed out, mm-hmm. I don't want to pour a glass of wine. And I, great. I'm really... It's a slippery slope that mommy needs a wine culture that yes. we're in. It oh, really is. And that's it, and it, so it, it, like, true. Yeah, it's it's hard uh, for me to talk about because I haven't ever talked about it and I don't have the words quite formulated sure. with like how I feel about it because there's nothing wrong with a glass sure, of wine sure, or sure. like I love a good margarita. Yeah. Um the craft beer, like there's nothing wrong yeah. with it. You're an adult. Yeah. Have you know, enjoy yourself. But I, I also worry about the idea, you know, with our little children watching that yeah. like, oh, I had a terrible day and now I need a drink. Yeah. Um, you're really stressing me out and now I need a drink. Mommy's, yeah. you know, upset and now I need a drink. Yep. Um, I certainly don't want my kids to ever feel like they caused me to drink right. or like a day with them has stressed me out so much that now I need a drink. drink. Yeah. But I also don't want them to associate like drinking with emotion. Yeah. So, so if we're, if I've had a bad day, I'd rather go outside and yeah. read a book, play fetch, go for a run, Gosh. yoga, like just yeah. something that's going to help you kind of get out of that funk. Yeah. That's not alcohol. So positive. And I'd rather them see alcohol as like, Oh, we're having a good, you know, bottle right. of wine with a nice dinner right. or it's a birthday hey, party. It's like, yeah, yeah you yeah. know, Saturday we love to go to Mexican yeah. it's chips and salsa and a margarita. And yeah. there's no association that's so with anything good. mental yeah. with alcohol, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh my gosh, a thousand you know? percent. So we definitely have cocktails and, and, and we've gone back and forth about yeah. whether or not to just, just quit alcohol. Yeah, yeah we It's like that weird, that weird dynamic of, I don't drink enough, so right. does it matter if I have right. one right. occasionally? Right. Um, and then I don't drink enough, so does it matter to just cut it out? Right. You right. know, we kind of go so back, back and, and forth. forth. So interesting. Uh, it's interesting, but I definitely want my kids to see that that yeah, that we handle stress and emotion mm-hmm. and anxiety mm-hmm. um, differently than yeah. pouring a drink. That's so good. And what I have noticed in eliminating alcohol or, or definitely like cutting back a lot is that yeah. my anxiety is a lot better. Yeah, that's so um, alcohol you're is uh, anxiety like kicker for me. Yeah. And it's interesting. We can have Kevin and I could be at home, right? Yeah. We could have like split a bottle of wine, yeah, or we could have like a margarita, and sometimes. Uh, Every now and again, he'll get like real fun and be like, want to shot a tequila with your margarita? Uh, you know, like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you're just at home and there's yeah. nobody else there and you have like a great conversation and yep. you go to bed and you wake up and I will have like panic attack anxiety wow. and it's just what alcohol does to me and I've realized it's a trigger for that and yeah. I'll be like, I'm just, I'm having the anxiety and he like knows Wow, for That's no other, like yeah. almost the type of anxiety where you like wake up and you're like, what did I do? Like yeah, I yes, made a complete yes. ass. Yeah, like jerk of myself. Yeah, but you didn't. Yeah, you know, there's no reason to feel that way. Yeah, that's how I feel. When how I'm... interesting. So it's like I don't like feeling. Yeah, that way. no, definitely not guilty and... for no reason or like the anxious like. Uh, yeah, what did I do? Is everything okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And there's it, it's interesting because obviously the guilt you know plays a role in that. Then the shame plays a role in that. Yeah, and we've lots talked of shame for so no much reason. about that with my children. And, and Gary and I always are talking about like okay. Did what I just say cause shame mm-hmm. around that concept? Because that is a huge component. And I love Renee Brown too. Yeah. Um, you know, of hearing how that affects people on sure. such an internal basis. And I noticed it when like we're playing house mm-hmm. and they're like, they always know mommy needs a coffee. Yeah. So they're always like, I'm like, what's my drink options? Like, Orange juice, milk, coffee, and wine. Yeah. And I'm like, 
I'm sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> you said you're three. What did you just say? And I really was like, wow. Yeah. That is not a beverage. That's mm-hmm. not like a choice that's in our fridge currently. Sure. Though it's in our fridge currently. Yeah. And I just don't want them to think almost on a different end that it's it's a freely accessible option. Like that we do it every day. Yes. Yeah. Like pour some milk and pour some and wine. Pour some wine. Yeah. <laughs> and like that, re- that really bothered me. And I have so many different alcoholic issues mm-hmm. in my family and in friend circles. And I've seen what it's done to my own personal relationships when I was doing it in ways yeah. that I shouldn't have been. And I, I know my limit. I know I can, I, we only have one glass of wine. I'm good. I'm done. Maybe two. And even then I just don't, I don't sleep well. Yeah. I, I do not sleep. That was one of the reasons that it was really easy to stop drinking. Yeah. Um, is I'd never sleep when I, I drink. sleep horrendously. And then kicks in the next day of anxiety when it's usually a weekend day mm-hmm. because it's a Friday or a Saturday that it just happened. And now my kids take the brunt in oh, of yeah. my sleeplessness. Sure. Yeah. And it's not that it's, sure. it's less about the anxiety and more about the, I feel like a crappy mom. Mm-hmm. And it only resonates 24 hours later when I'm like, I just had a really bad day. Yeah. And if you go back and you feel the feelings of why and where did that stem from and where did it come from? You realize. Yeah. And so interesting conviction again. You're just like giving me one after another yeah, today. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what time it is because we end up talking. It's two o'clock. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I love I love quality time and I think that, that this is such a special space for that. Yeah. So I am so glad Thank you for having that me. we made the time. <laughs> yes. Like I hope it all made sense. Oh, it will. <laughs> it will. It always ends up like coming in full circle. So one of my favorite parts about the podcast is when you leave and I get to dissect what just happened Yay. and then prepare the introduction. So fun. Um, but I just, I'm so grateful for you. Yeah. I'm thanks grateful. for thinking of me. We don't have to live our lives like hip and hip, but yeah. I still feel like I can look across and be like, yeah. I see you. We're kind of on a say a similar yeah, path. I think. It really is amazing. So I think of what is that? Yeah. Parallel. Parallel. There we go. That like, is what is it. that word? Yeah. Like, I'm like, we're living in parallel yeah. universe. I think we literally read Present Over Perfect almost around the same time. I think so. Yeah. And it's just it, I'm reading Becoming right now with okay. uh, by Michelle Obama. Okay. She's narrating it via Audible. I just finished um, so the Rachel Hollis Girl Stop Apologizing, okay. which was I also that one. awesome. Yeah. Any ones that I should? I am read. I'm currently reading. You are a badass at making money. Yeah. That's what I keep posting on in- uh, on Instagram. I post the quotes. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I love that one. I liked you. You were a badass too. I just finished it. I liked it enough that I went and got the second one. Oh, who's it by? Um, oh, Jen. I think it's. I'll have to look Sincero. I don't know how okay. you say her last okay. name. Okay, we'll tag it's her. It's super notes. popular. Okay, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. There's so many different ones. I've actually list. I've been reading in the morning instead of scrolling my Facebook every morning. Good. I've been like, even if I can get through like five or six pages, nice. I try to do a chapter. Cool, that's get amazing. Get up real quick, read because I. I'm too tired at night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm the same way. And it starts your day with a really good... You just got, like, you got amped up. You got in a good headspace. Mine's usually a podcast, which is... But I'm moving and doing Mm -hmm. all the other things. But I I love that. It's been so good. Um, But the Brene Brown Dare to Lead. Yeah. One is one I just finished. I do have that one. I just got it for Christmas. And I haven't opened it yet. good. It's really good. She's one of my favorites. She's insane. She Um, really is. Have you watched her Netflix one? No, I haven't yet. I know. I have to... 
we, I, have I know, I know. Oh, I introduced TV. Gary though because Gary yeah. doesn't read books, so I'm like, babe, you have to watch Brene Brown. She's the he best. was a little bit reluctant. He has used, he has quoted Brene Brown yeah. more times in the last two weeks, and I'm like, I turn, I turned to you. She's yeah. good. Her, um, I, th- I think it was the the vulnerability, the power of vulnerability yep. is one of the most profound things for me, and then the. Um, Man in the Arena, her whole TED yes, Talk, um, TED talk. Uh, yes. was one of, I share it all the time. It's, um, it's one of the most like pivotal things I've ever listened yeah. to in my life. And yep. Are they in the cheap seats? Yeah. 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 It's so good. I, we actually want to get that whole quote like done oh, on awesome. a, a board. That'd be really odd. That'd look like awesome. A wood, like a wooden, yeah. That'd be good in your space that you're yeah, going to have. Yeah. We'll have to figure it out. Cool. We'll add it to the list of things. <laughs> right? And then down at the bottom. eventually it'll be on the accomplishment <laughs> list. Look at that. It's well, thank you, thank you, thank Thanks you. I hope me. that people feel inspired. I know they will. I know I do. Oh, and I, I just love it. your energy. Likewise. Thank you. Love you. Hey, y'all. I hope in today's episode you sense an ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your wholeness journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at Fit and Faith with the hashtag Fit and Faith Podcast so I can help you stay accountable. We're in this together, right? community over competition is the motto. I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. Let's fuel the flame and share the gift of wholeness with everybody. Until next time, cheers to your health and happiness. Need more of God's power in your life? I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical tips on how to grow your faith through prayer. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.